We are this close to crowning an NBA champ, and with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boost, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday with Wingo. Trey Wingo. Looking forward to talking with Trey. I don't know anybody, I don't think, that knows more about Super Bowls than Trey. And he's got some very strong opinions and great insight. Going to be joined by the former longtime ESPN broadcaster momentarily. Did you guys miss me yesterday? Because I definitely missed you now that we're three times a week in the non-playing season. As a reminder... We still do the Even Money podcast on Tuesday. So if you're missing me, you can listen to that or College Draft or watch us, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Tomorrow will already be a winner's Thursday with the civilian GOAT, Greg Cosell. Shout out to our patron of the day, Ben Woody. Let's get right into it. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Always good to talk with one of my favorite people in sports media. It's funny because I wish I would, I would have him on more often or talk with him more often, but he quote posted something I posted recently. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. You guys know that. He is at Wingos, W-I-N-G-O-Z, as it relates to Patrick Mahomes. And it just made me think, well, first of all, I think he might be the best like Super Bowl historian. I don't know if that's I don't know if, I don't know if you huh. consider yourself Trey a Super Bowl historian, but I consider you a Super Bowl historian. And he had a good quote post, and I had some other questions for you. So anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on again, Ross. Always good to talk to you. Good to sort of briefly see you in Las Vegas as we sort of wave to each other. I tell you <laughs> what, I, I will say this: you know, it took forever for the NFL to embrace Las Vegas. But my God, it, it might be the perfect place to hold the Super Bowl, right? I mean, the logistics are there. There's no issues with hotels. Everything's right downtown. Like, it was nuts, and it was insane. But they should be on the permanent rotation. Totally agree. We, I uh, was talking about that on Tuesday's Even Money betting podcast uh, with my guy, Steve. He lives in Vegas, and he even yeah. was complimentary of it. His thing was, you got to have a lot of money, you know, that they yeah. kind of priced out the middle class. And I said, well... <clears throat> I'm not really paying to be out there, so <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm sure that is the case. Um, let's, start with, let's start with Super Bowl historian thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, is that what you consider yourself? Like, to, like, how do you phrase it? 
Well, I don't know. I mean, my, my one party trick, I guess, is I can tell you the winner and loser of every Super Bowl, the score, and the MVP. So, I mean, like, I've, I've been to 30 of these things now. So, yeah, I mean, on some level, I guess. But, I mean, like, there, there are people who know way more than me. I just – I've always loved football, the NFL specifically, and the Super Bowl is the best thing there is. So, I just – I've always sort of leaned into the game uh, as much as I, as I possibly could. Isn't it funny, Trey, that – I mean, I was trying to tell my daughters this. They really only know – like competitive Super Bowls. Yeah. And I was saying to them, like, you don't understand. Yeah. When I was your age, they were all blowouts. It, yeah. it was never a close game. It was never a good game. It was always a letdown. I don't think I ever remember a game going to overtime, a Super Bowl going to overtime when we were growing up, like in the 80s and, and early 90s. It wow. is kind of cool, Trey, that it does feel like for whatever reason, and I don't know what the reason. I guess back in the day, the NFC was just so much better than the AFC. 14. They won. They won 14 straight. I mean, the NFC won 14 straight Super Bowls, and the scores were 46 to 10, 39 to 20, 52 to 17, 55 to 10. I mean, they were they were 30 to 13. They were blowouts. 37 24. And you know, that was the run where if you weren't playing for the 49ers or playing in the NFC East. You had no chance. I mean, that that red was basically the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Giants. That and the Bears sprinkled in there. I mean, that was essentially why the NFC dominated. But yeah, they were all over by halftime. Like they were all over by halftime. And this run we've been on uh, recently, outside of Super Bowl 48, which was 43 to eight in New York, when Peyton Manning and the, the Broncos had the safety on the first snap, and it was essentially over from there. Almost all of these games have been really fun, really competitive, and really interesting. So that's interesting to me. I guess I wonder why in the 80s. It, it was before free agency. Correct. And maybe was it before the salary cap? And so that's yeah. why the talent was just so heavily weighted to the NFC side. Because like, I feel like that would never happen now where there'd oh, be no. that much of an imbalance between the conferences. That's weird. Well, well, it is interesting because I thought there was a huge imbalance in, in the conferences this season, specifically at the quarterback position. I mean, just go at the start of the season, look who the AFC quarterbacks were with. It was Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys, right? And I'm missing a Tua Tonga Vailoa, throw him in there. Uh, all these quarterbacks. And then in the NFC, it was Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott. I mean, the, the the balance going into the season quarterback-wise between the AFC starters and the NFC starters was as wide of a gap as I've ever seen it going into the 2023 season. Yeah, you're right. And then, and then for a while there, it actually felt like the Cowboys, 49ers, and Eagles were like the three best teams, you know, in yeah. November or something. And then it is really unbelievable as a guy that follows the Super Bowl as much as you do, that there are just certain guys, Trey, yeah. that when the games are biggest, when they mean the most, they have a strong tendency to play their best. You know, in my mind, growing up in the 80s, Joe Montana never yeah. threw an incomplete pass yeah. in, in yeah. any big game I can ever remember. And I know he did, but, like, I don't remember them. It's like Brady and Mahomes is that guy now. Mahomes is that guy yeah. where I really think, Trey, whether it's conscious or subconscious, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy now where I think he's done it so many years now, and I know it's only year seven, but I think late in these games, I'm convinced that not only do the Chiefs know that they're going to win, he's going to make the right play, but the other team is almost like subconsciously, 
oh boy, because they've seen yeah. it so many times themselves. Well, to your point, like technically it's year seven for him, but it's actually really six and one sixteenth. He only started right. one game his rookie year. There was the last game of the regular season when none of the starters for the Chiefs played, and they end up losing the uh, the divisional round game or the divisional round game to the to the Titans, where Marcus Mariota completed a pass to himself for a touchdown, and Lamar Jackson duplicated that in the AFC Championship game. It just wasn't for a score. Um, but yeah, it, the, here's here's the best way to describe how transcend trends and transcendently great. Patrick Mahomes is, right? Here's the list of players that have multiple Super Bowl MVPs and multiple regular season MVPs. It's Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Joe Montana. Joe Montana had two regular season MVPs and three Super Bowl MVPs in 16 seasons. Tom Brady has three regular season MVPs and five Super Bowl MVPs in 23 seasons. Patrick Mahomes has two Super Bowl, three Super Bowl MVPs and two regular season MVPs in seven seasons. Or six in... One sixteenth, like he's fast tracking it on a level that we've never seen before. And if you want to take it even broader than that, uh, through their through the age of twenty eight, Patrick Mahomes has led the Chiefs to more regular season wins by about sixteen than Tom Brady, seventy four to fifty eight. They're fifteen and three in the postseason. I think Tom had ten postseason wins with the Patriots by that time. Uh, he's he's just crushing him in passing yards and touchdowns. And obviously that's a little different of the way the game is played. I understand that. But the thing that drives me, the thing that sums it up for me with Mahomes in the postseason, his postseason passer rating, and passer rating is a flawed stat. We can all agree that 158 point whatever is a stupid number. I mean, then there's QBR, which I think is a little better. But the, the his postseason passer rating is 107. Why is that significant? His regular season passer rating is 92. He's 15 points higher in the postseason. When it matters most, he's the guy you want. And I, I, my line going into the game was, are, both teams are great. Niners are slightly favored. Could either team win? But this is in Vegas. And what do you say in Vegas? The house always wins. Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're the house. They're the house. Three Super Bowls in five years, four Super Bowl appearances uh, over that time frame, back-to-back for the first time in 20 years. They're the house. And they won in Vegas because the house always wins. You know, um, it's funny because... Five years ago, I think, Trey, this narrative had developed that you can't have a veteran, you can't have a quarterback on one of these highly paid contracts. You can't yeah. win a Super Bowl with that. And that became like people really believed in that and yeah. really took that and ran with it. And yet Mahomes had the biggest cap hit this year. He was on a big contract last year. And people say, oh, Mahomes is an outlier. Well, the year before that, Stafford wasn't cheap. The year before no. that, Brady, maybe not as much money as he could have made, but he still wasn't on like a rookie contract making peanuts. Yeah. And so the last guy on a rookie co contract to even win it was Mahomes, the people are saying is the outlier, and that was 2019. I, like, <coughs> my argument, I guess, would be, you know what's really hard? Winning a Super Bowl or even having a chance without a top 10 quarterback. Or, or yeah. a guy playing like it like Flacco in 2012 or Nick Foles in 2017. People say, oh, they weren't that great. They got on heaters, and they Correct. were playing like top 10 quarterbacks in those postseasons. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Flacco's run uh, to Super Bowl 47, uh, I think in those three playoff games, he threw 11 touchdown passes, no interceptions. Like, it was unbelievable. Yeah, the, the days of winning with a Jeff Hostetler or a Trent Dilfer, my guy, love him, those days are gone. Like, 
And and I think hopefully for for Brock Purdy's sake, he's crushed the whatever the game manager, whatever you want to say. No, he he was brilliant in that game. He he made a couple of times. Spagnola just beat him to the punch. You know, like the uh, at two minute warning, third and five, first down essentially would win the game, kick a field goal. Spags dialed up zero zero coverage blitz, and you know they got to him. Same thing in overtime. Chris Jones was unblocked. Memo, maybe you block Chris Jones in, in that situation, and that forced the incompletion. That's why they got the field goal. Um, yeah, you have to have a dude. There's no question about it. But you you also have to be really smart in how you build that team. And one of the things I put in that that quote post that we were talking about, I'm convinced that the reason the Chiefs are able to continue this run is because of that 2022 draft. You look at that 2022 draft, it, it's ridiculous. They got Trent McDuffie, George Karlaftis. Now, Sky Moore has been whatever, but they also get Brian Cook, uh, Williams, Watson, and Isaiah Pacheco in the in the seventh round. Those are six guys who are either starters or massive contributors to this team playing on rookie contracts for three or four years. That's how you get it done in this era where you have to pay the quarterback and you're probably going to have to pay Chris Jones. You're probably going to have to bring in a wide receiver. You have to make sure you hit on the right uh, draft picks and right mid-level free agent signings like uh, Drew Tranquil. Perfect signing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, Juju Smith-Schuster comes in on a one-year deal. Perfect signing. And that that's a tribute to Brett Veach, the general manager. You have to be really wise and smart with how you surround that top quarterback that you've paid because you can't pay everybody and you've got to hit on some mid-level uh, free agents and you've got to make sure your draft picks are good. So um, I think my audience, Trey, has heard this story before, but just a quick nugget for you because um, you'll appreciate this. Trey's son played FCS football for Georgetown. Yeah. When I was getting recruited in 1997, the William & Mary coach came to my house. He drove 45 minutes south from the coal region of Pennsylvania, drove to my house right after he was at Brett Veach's house. Oh, wow. And Brett Veach, Trey, was, is a Pennsylvania legend. He was the small school state player of the year. So like, I literally went into school the next day and thought I was cool <laughs> because the William & Mary coach came to my house after he was at Brett Veach's house. They won the state yeah. championship. They beat Bishop McDevitt, which is like Ricky Waters, yeah. LaShawn McCoy, you know, like a powerhouse, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and he almost beat him by himself. He was, a, But it's funny because, like, he played at Delaware, didn't make the NFL or anything like I did. But yet, like, I thought I was cool because yeah. he came to my – and he never talks about his playing career. But that's how he and Nagy know each other. Nagy's yeah. from Lancaster – and they both played at Delaware together, and now they're, you know, doing what they're doing. Um, it, it's funny, you know, because one of the things I wanted to ask you about, we're talking about Mahomes and Montana and Brady, and you have to have a guy, you have to have a dude, but yet you are still, Trey, passionate about quarterback wins not yeah. being a stat, and yep. I wanted to give you, give you the, the, a blank canvas or a blank slate to right. lay out your argument. Well, here's the, here's the best way I could say that. The Chiefs won that game because Patrick Mahomes took over, right? Last four drives, touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown. Right? That's, that's what he did. But they were in the game only because of the defense and the special teams. I mean, they were getting blown out in the first half. You know, I, I think at one point the Niners had doubled the offensive yardage uh, for, the, for the Chiefs in that game. But what did they get? They got a blocked extra point, which turned out to be massive when it was all said and done. They got the longest field goal in Super Bowl history, uh, from Harrison Butker, 
Uh, Moody, God bless him, had it for less than an hour you know, before it was supplanted by them. They also recovered a, a muffed punt. So the special teams were amazing to keep the Chiefs in that game when their offense was going nowhere, and their defense was unbelievable. Uh, you know, the, If you looked at the stats midway through the second quarter, the 49ers should have been up by 17 points. They got a couple of turnovers. You know, they, they, forced them a, they forced them a McCaffrey fumble. That's what kept them in the game. Like, if, if, if they don't get those turnovers, if they don't have that block extra point, if they don't have the longest field goal in Super Bowl history, Mahomes is not able to do what he was able to do. You have to have a guy. There's no question about it. But this was an all-out team effort and a team win by the Kansas City Chiefs. Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, now has four rings. He's the only coordinator, offense or defense, with four Super Bowl rings. You know, that's a case for the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. If, if punters and, and returners, deservedly so, can go in the Hall of Fame, why can't the best coordinators be part of the Hall of Fame? Dick LeBeau got in because he was a player slash coach. But, I mean, Steve Spagnuolo has a Hall of Fame resume as a defensive coordinator. He should go in. So that's my argument. All of these things are true. And I'll give you two examples. The tw arguably the greatest playoff game that we've seen in a generation, uh, the 2021 Chiefs-Bills game, right? 13 seconds left. What did Josh Allen do to, to, to lose that game? Nothing. Yeah. The special team screwed it up, right? Sean, uh, uh, the, the McDermott. head coach, Sean McDermott. I don't know why I, was, I almost said Sean McDonough. Sean McDermott screwed it up. Like, just dribble the ball, and they don't have time for those two plays, right? So, to me, the, the, the quarterback has to cash in, but the rest of the team has to give him the opportunity. So, do you agree that, um, wins and losses should be associated to head coaches. Yes, I do. I do because they're okay. in charge of everything. They're in charge of okay. Everything. Who do you think has more of an impact on the outcome of the game, the head coach or the quarterback? Oh, is, is the head coach calling the plays? Sure. I mean, the head coach is calling the plays. I mean, like Corn Dog was the play that they called at the <laughs> at the end of the game. Same one they used twice against the Eagles. You know, once in the wrong formation from Sky Moore in Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Um, Merrill Hodge, who you know, and uh, I, I love Merrill. He had the greatest line ever about a head coach. A head coach has all the power but no control, which means you can make all the decisions, you make all the right calls, but at the end of the day, the players have to execute it. And if they don't do it, then no matter what he did, uh, that coach can't make it happen. So I, I think that coaches uh, have have the responsibility of being in charge of everything. You know, there was a game a couple years ago uh, – end of the 20, I want to say 2013, 2014 season between the Steelers and the Ravens. It was the immaculate extension play. Remember Antonio Brown uh, yeah. at the end of the game? And that won the division, right? That got was them at the that division game. title. Yeah. Okay, so you know, you were at that game. Well, what happened right before that final drive uh, by the Steelers? Joe Flacco drove them right down for a go-ahead score with about a minute 30 left to play. Like, he did his job. So now it's up to the defense to do their job. Joe Flacco gets credited with the loss, even though – he did what he was supposed to do, and then the defense didn't stop Big Ben and Antonio Brown. So it's hard for me to say, oh, that's a loss for you, Joe Flacco, when you yeah. cashed in on your opportunity. That's the way I look at it. No, no, I think that's fair. I guess my argument is that I think almost every stat is imperfect, right? Like, right. even like yards per attempt and Purdy, well, so much of that's run after the catch or like right. interceptions that go off three guys' hands Correct. And, and, or your guy drops it. My, my argument would be most stats – are not perfect and there are flawed stats and I guess I think that some guys have a tendency to make winning plays late in games and some guys Correct. don't and I think yep. quarterbacks I mean there's a reason why quarterbacks get paid twice as much as head coaches I think I think they have um at least as much if not more of an impact 
on the outcome of the game. But I think your argument's well said, too. What about yeah. Andy Reid, Trey? Like, how close is he in your mind now to being considered one of the best coaches ever when you consider he did it in two places, Yeah, has three Super Bowls now, but, I mean, Trey, that's a lot of conference championship games. I mean, what was it, five yeah. straight in, in Philly the and six yeah. straight in Kansas City? So he's got yeah. two different runs, different yeah. organizations, different quarterbacks of five conference championship games in a row. That that might never be accomplished again. Well, not only that, Ross, he's the only coach in NFL history with 100 wins for two different franchises, both the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, like he he's he's an outlier among outliers. Like, you know, he, the list of quarter the list of head coaches that have three Super Bowl rings is really really small. You know, it's really really small and and he's on that list now. Um I I you he has to be to me at this point uh one of the top five coaches in NFL history. Um, and, and longevity is a big part of this, right? He's done, like you said, two different places, got gotten to the game with two different teams, and now has won it uh, uh, three times in Kansas City. And it's, it's a dynasty any way you look at it. I mean, the numbers for Kansas City are so outlandishly above everything else. I mean, they hosted the AFC Championship game five straight years. Nobody had done it three years in a row before Kansas City did it four and then five. And then what was the knock on the Chiefs this year? Well, you have to go on the road. Okay, you know, they took down, I believe in the playoffs, Reed's Chiefs took down the two, three, four, and six defenses in the NFL with a limited offense. Like, this was the worst offense that they've had since they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Everyone killed them for getting rid of Tyreek Hill. Since they got rid of Tyreek Hill, they've won back-to-back Super Bowls. With receivers, by the way, that couldn't catch in the regular season. They led the league in drops. They had the most penalized player in right tackle, Juwan Taylor. Uh, They averaged under 22 points a game during the regular season, and it didn't matter. And it didn't matter. And to your point, a lot of that is Mahomes. And one thing that I thought was really interesting that carried over, the Chiefs were the number one team in the NFL in the regular season scoring in the final two minutes of the half. And they did it in, in every single uh, playoff game as well. I mean, that kick, that, I know that's, it's a little, that's a nothing, but it was a 28-yard field goal. You know, Tony Roman, the broadcast, said, this would be four-down territory for me. I'm like, no, you need points on the board, bro. Like, you need points. You can't go in down 10 nothing and, and, and risk not getting an easy three points. Same with Dan Campbell at the end of the half in the NFC Championship game. When you have points, take points. And I think just that they got something on the board settled them down a little bit. And they, they sputtered on their first drive. The toss to Pacheco was a little off, and, and then Mahomes threw the interception. But I, I felt like they, they walked into halftime thinking, we probably should be down 17 points, and we're only down seven. We're in good shape. Check him out on social media. He's the man at Wingos on on X or Twitter, whatever. W i n g o z. It's never X. It's always Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter, that way you'll know everything he's up to. Trey's got some amazing projects going on. He's doing great stuff with the thirty third team. That way you'll be all over it. Trey, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Ross, anytime, man. Seriously, great to talk to you. Love guys that are fountains of information like Trey Wingo. Did you know that your heart attack risk can more than double when your home team is playing? We're encouraging all sports fans to learn about their personal heart risk factors so they can keep their hearts in the game. Heart disease is the number one cause of death in the U.S. due to the often invisible risk factors. One to five heart attacks occur with no recognizable signs or warning. Moreover, having conditions such as diabetes or high blood pressure can increase your chance of a heart attack by up to 2x. To help educate on those risks, Bear Aspirin created the Bear Aspirin Heart Health Risk Assessment Tool. The tool quickly assesses an individual's personal risk 
of developing cardiovascular disease so that they can discuss their heart health risk factors with a healthcare professional as part of ongoing health management. Learn more and assess your risk factors at checkyourheartrisks.com. Tuck's Takes. All right, Ross, a few more coordinator news. Cowboys are hiring Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator, and the Seahawks are hiring Ryan Grubb as their OC. Both wild. I mean, first of all, Zimmer was the D.C. Jack when I was there in 2002. That is 22 years ago. That is amazing that it's happened that quickly with Mike Zimmer. Or that, I mean, that, that he, he's back again. And then the Ryan Grubb thing's interesting. He went with Kalen DeBoer to, to Alabama, and now he's back to Seattle, this time as the Seahawks OC instead of the Washington Huskies OC. What are your thoughts on the controversy that's regarding the Niners players' knowledge of the overtime rules during Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm going to make this my Labatt take, Jack. Presented by Labatt Blue Light, pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Number one, players are on a need-to-know basis. Offensive linemen don't know what's going on in defense or a lot of times on special teams or even route combinations by the receivers. You're tunnel-focused on what you absolutely need to do. By the way, what if the Niners had decided to kick? I mean, I think it's cool that the Chiefs knew that they wanted to get the ball second and go for two, but what would the Chiefs players have been thinking if instead the Niners used their strategy? I have no problem, by the way, with the, sh- the decision that Shanahan made. The Chiefs had one touchdown the entire game, and that was after the Ray-Ray McLeod fumbled punt return. Let's focus on things that actually made a difference in the outcome of the game, like that play by McLeod, like Greenlaw getting hurt, and something that ultimately made no difference whatsoever. Steelers, they released Mitch Trubisky and Chooks Okorafor. Yeah, you know what those guys need to do? They need to know that DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, perfect squad, perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game-time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese sauce, other toppings, comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. While you're at it, drink some Labatt Blue Light. Live life to the power of we. It'll make you feel better, Trubisky and Acora 4. Labatt Blue Light, it's delicious. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out, myfrontpagestory.com. I'm not a bird aware of a better Valentine's Day gift. Although now, you know what? I was just telling my daughter about this. It's actually not too late. As long as you get them something by the time, by midnight strikes, by the end of the day, it still counts as a verified Valentine's Day gift. So go to myfrontpagestory.com. Why not? Get them the best Valentine's Day gift you could ever get them. Or, you know what? Some of these other ones would be pretty good Valentine's Day gifts, depending on what they're into, right? Sport of culture. Very cool. Pizza Boy Brewing. Uh, if, if she wants a gift card there, she's amazing. Humanheadnyc.com, steakhouse sports.com, backoffice schedule.com.